0: hey what's up everybody welcome
1: back to the car tech garage yeah welcome back we got some <laughs> some exciting topics for today well really really two topics and and two different cars Well, but one question uh-oh i don't what's Evo the question or sti there we go that's the question two cars that we can say a lot of good things about oh indeed a lot of good things in fact two of my absolute favorites
0: and they should be yours too as per pretty much any automotive, automotive enthusiast. Um,
1: they're probably the most fun four door cars that you can own plain and simple. And it's the truth. I mean, these are one of those called cars that, you know, some people go to one or the other and they're kind of strictly one where I would think the Evo's a little, little less popular. Um, just cause there wasn't as many of them where you mm-hmm. look at the SDI, you know, that's still a very strong car, and you see the new generations, I mean, out and about all the time. You know, obviously, they're mostly WRXs that you see on the road, but quite a few STIs here and there. Exactly.
0: You know, I mean, and they're all, you know, they hail from the same place. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're all these rally-bred, turbocharged, four-pot, mo- four all-wheel-drive monsters. Um, you know, they, they were really all, you know, born in the mountains, born on these dirt tracks, you know, born in rally racing. And, you know, you have— Fantastic rally drivers helping pioneer the earlier versions of these cars, you know, like Colin McRae with Subaru Technic International Motorsports and him winning multiple rally championships. And you have, um, you know, Tommy Makin in, in the Evo, you know, running with the WRC rallies and just, you know, fantastic drivers, some drivers that, you know, you would also think of in line with formula drivers. They're on like a superhuman caliber. Um, It's the truth. It's amazing watching (laughs) some of those old rally videos and what those guys were able to do with just, you know, 225 horsepower on tap way back in the day. Something we would think is, is not much in today's terms. And they're just running through, you know, these forests, dodging trees with inches to spare. I mean, such an exciting proposition. I mean, how dangerous! Pro-
1: truly, one of the most dangerous forms of motorsport. It's they all have screws loose in order to be a rally car <laughs> that's driver. That's
0: exactly how I feel and like. That's,
1: he- that's a respectful statement. That's <laughs> not a bad statement at all.
0: You got to be crazy in, in a very redeemable way <laughs> <It's the truth. laughs> to, to be a rally car driver,
1: especially of that caliber. And I truthfully think, I mean. That these are two cars that we've done for to drive or not to drive that are probably, you know, the most fair battle, I would say, just based on stats, based on numbers, um, based on what kind of car it is. I mean, these things stack right next to each other, no Mm -hmm. questions asked. And that's the thing. They were built in direct competition with one another, not just for road use,
0: but, you know, for racing. And that's why they're so closely related because they were grouped into the same classification. So I think it's the, best head-to-head battle you know
1: of the past few decades in it's my the opinion. truth and if you start looking up specs at them you can see one year you know one's a few horsepower more and then the <laughs> next year the other ones it's just this back uh, and forth
0: each other out now initially they still had that gentlemen's agreement in in japan where you couldn't make a vehicle with over 276 horsepower and you know after the skyline gtr came out you know and then the supra and then people started modifying things it was only a matter of time before these evos and stis got wickedly fast Um, You know, in some of the later iterations, even in their factory 300 horsepower trims, I mean, these things were still, you know, quick,
1: very, very quick, like pull, pull your cheeks back quick. And no matter which one you drove, I mean, they were just so fun. It was such a driver's car that when you get in it, it was just such an experience. You know, yep. you get in a, you know, nine eleven. You know, it's a nine eleven. Of course, it's it's fantastic. You know, that's what they design them. Where these are, you know, the affordable kind of level that you just get in it and you're fun and you feel like a rally car driver. I exactly. mean, that's the best part about
0: them. And they feel so very analog. Now, obviously, if you guys have driven either one of these cars, I've been fortunate enough to drive one of each, Um, a couple different STIs, uh, one stock Evo, and then one pretty modified Evo. Um, And every single one I've gotten into, no, no matter how modified it is, I've always felt that it's one of the best driver's cars out there. Like I said, the analog feel from the shifter, the pedals, you feel everything. So well in the car and it's so easy to react because the car responds in, in such a manner that, you know, your mind is directly connected to it. Um, and it's so easy to anticipate what either one of these cars will do. And that even is before you get to the raw capability level of these all wheel drive beasts. I mean, you know, you're talking very intelligent all wheel drive systems that are great at putting power down in all sorts of conditions. You have quick spooling turbochargers without much lag, unbelievably direct steering response, and finely tuned suspensions that soak up all the typical bumps that you would have on a road. I mean, in my opinion, these are some of the fastest all-around cars that you can get just because of their ability, not only to go fast in a straight line or corner with a high amount of Gs, but also soak up any and all imperfections in the road to maintain a good pace.
1: And that's something that a lot of sports cars can't even duplicate. And that's the truth. And I mean, the biggest thing to it in the stock form, just how great they are. And then obviously, of course, the huge following behind both of these, um, obviously the rally heritage built in just the aftermarket world for these. I mean, you name it, turbo kits, exhaust suspension, seat kits. I mean, they Mm -hmm. basically make stuff that anybody can kind of bolt in and, you know, get down the road and have something that's greatly improved. Um, for not a huge cost because there's so much volume of them. Exactly, and another thing,
0: considering the aftermarket um, plethora that you have for these cars, you can build them into anything you want. If you want a 500 horsepower one, great. And you think, oh, that you know that they're only two two liters in displacement, and then the STI is 2.5 liters in displacement in the later years. Typically, you're like, oh, well without anything crazy, that, that'll that be a three, 400 horsepower car, or maybe five if you really want to get crazy. But you can, with this platform, either one of these platforms, because of the aftermarket support, take them much, much further. There are plenty of examples of eight, 900 horsepower, even thousand horsepower plus on both of these vehicles. I mean, that that's incredible to have two vehicles in a lineup that are so closely matched, that have similar aftermarket support, that you know, allow you to build it into literally anything. It can be a drag car, it, it can be a road race car, it can be a rally car, it can be the greatest daily driver of all time. And it's got four doors, four seats, ample trunk space. And then there's only one
1: problem with both of them. Uh oh. <laughs> What's what's the problem? (laughs) Because I know I've got a couple ideas. (laughs) What are you thinking? Well, they seem to share the same problem, and that's reliability. It basically has the reliability. reliability, Can't talk today. Reliability. Reliability of basically a race car is like how I like to explain it, where it's something that, you know, with a race car, you know you're going to race it, you're going to beat it to death, and you're probably Mm going to have to replace a lot of the mechanical components. and. These are great daily drivers. I would note that on there just because they're fun. They mm-hmm. have the trunk space. As you said, everything you described, they have those characteristics. But at the same time, the reliability is much more similar to a race car where yep. you kind of want to have spare clutch, spare transmission, yep. spare engine for both of these at <laughs> now, all times. <laughs> now, in all fairness, I would equate at least half of the, the so-called reliability
0: issues to modifications. Yes. I mean, let's be honest here. Everybody wants to modify their cars, and th- there's a vast difference, a vast variability in the skill set of people that are trying to do this and the outcome. So, you know, some people make it work very well if they have the money and, and utilize it all properly to get the right parts and install them in the best ma- manner possible and make sure they take care of their car. You can still have a pretty reliable Subaru STI or Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution. However, Unfortunately, I'd say 75%
1: of the time that those modifications take place, they're not done in the manner that they should have been done. And it's, it's a case of where, like, I look at both these engines, um, you know, obviously the engines built for X amount of horsepower, they kind of break that down to it it can maintain reliability, Mm -hmm. where... If you look at like a two J Z, which is a really good engine that I like to lead by example, is you know, they kind of made it to be a thousand horsepower engine where that was, you know, what the block <laughs> well, they, and everything could hold. But what? It was three hundred horsepower is what they actually yeah. pushed out of it. And and truth be told, I mean, these are still
0: pretty stout setups. The earlier generation Evo by far, because it has the four G sixty three T engine in it, mm-hmm. it's iron block, it, it, it has forged internals it from was the good. factory. It is exceptionally durable. Now, unfortunately, the EJ20 and EJ25 do not share the same characteristics because no. they are a flat four with two case halves for the engine. It's inherently less durable without extensive modification and
1: machining work. It, it's just how it is. You guys can argue till the cows come home. But yeah, That's what if right. I had an older STI or WRX, like, as I said, I wasn't kidding. And I've, you can ask anybody that I know that I've talked about this with is that mm-hmm. the only way I would ever own one is to literally have a spare engine on an engine stand in my Ready garage at all times. Cause it's, you know, a few bolts, pop the engine out, put a new one in and you're back on the road again. Exactly, now durability was obviously a little bit better with the Evo. However, reliability was
0: a little bit worse. The Evo has a lot of electrical issues. <laughs> funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, so there's pros and cons. I've always been more of an Evo guy. I personally like the look and the drive
1: of them better than the STIs. Um, but you can't go wrong with either car. And my favorite part, like about these two cars, obviously, you know, with that kind of Japanese heritage behind it, where if you're looking at these two and I know we're comparing them, but if you're looking at what the other competitors in this field would be, um, you know, of course, Ford had a little bit here and there for some time, but that was much older generations for like the escorts. Um, of course you have the German vehicles, you know, the Audi, but once you start looking at price ranges of what would it, what would be a comparable to an STI or a. Um, Evo. I mean, you're maybe talking like a, an Audi S4,
0: BMW M3. <laughs> although those are uh, definitely, uh, you know, ten fifteen thousand dollars more than these were new. Um, so there's really nothing yeah, that but, offered the same level of overall performance and usability at that price range, and, and there, there just wasn't. I mean, it was such a simplistic, basic economy vehicle at its core. And then, you know, they utilize what money they spent on it in the most intelligent manner possible. They're like, okay, what do we go after turbocharger, brakes, tires, bam. And they threw all that stuff on and it, it happened to work perfectly with such a, a light compact package, throwing that much power in a pretty advanced all wheel drive system, good brakes, decent tire size, fantastic steering racks and, and transmissions in both. They were always a recipe for success and reliability set aside, these cars will always be a cult classic. They will always be some of the most coveted performance vehicles ever manufactured. And although the Evo is no longer with us, rest in peace, (laughs) it's, I'm glad it was here while it was. And I think it changed um, the automotive society as a whole for the better. You know, it's kind of the car that really got everybody into modification in the first place because Mm -hmm. It was one of the first time that a vehicle had been blatantly modified with all of this tricked out stuff. You know, the spoiler, the hood scoops, Mm -hmm. all the bright colors and everything, you know, that hadn't really been marketed in the
1: same way and mass produced until these cars came out. Because if you look at what a Lancer, (laughs) just a Lancer stock Lancer, and you drive that in comparison to the Evo, like you would think it's two completely different vehicles. Like they weren't Mm -hmm. in the same family. Um, And that's just what I've always loved about them is that, you know, these were cars that I wouldn't call a daily driver. You could fit in the daily driver kind of category and they did it well, but it was something more of, if you want to kind of toy, you don't want to spend a bunch of money. If you want to have fun on the track on the weekends, you can do that. You know, there's a bunch of aftermarket. If you just want to drive it around town and go to Uh some car shows, you can do it. But if this is something that you plan to daily drive and keep for on the road for 10 to 20 years, every single day. That's where the, both these cars really fall down the ladder because durability, reliability, no matter what generation you're looking at, you know, they just, they were supposed to be race cars. They were marketed as kind of a race car and they ended up kind of becoming race cars. I think we can summarize it by they were here for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) There we go. There we go. (laughs) I I was looking for it. You found it for me. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that about wraps it
0: up. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening to the Car Tech Garage. I really appreciate everyone who has downloaded us, subscribed to us, and has listened to us whatsoever. I hope that we can bring some value and some entertainment to you. And Max and I will, of course, be back again. Yeah, seriously. Much appreciated, guys.
1: Bye. Bye.